Hello and welcome to the MLM.com podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and today we're joined by the Vice President of Business Development at InfoTrack Systems, Sean Smith. Uh, hello, Sean. Hey, Kenny. Uh, thanks for joining us, and we've got Sean in the room with us, which is always a little bit different for me. Normally, these are on the phone. Um, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners, give, give us a little bit of background, and your extensive MLM experience. Yeah, well, thank you. I uh, I think I'm that uh, longtime listener, first-time caller in this situation, so uh, hopefully I can keep up. But uh, yeah, Sean Smith, Vice President of Business Development here at InfoTrax. I, I oversee or work with all of the sales and marketing teams here. And uh, one of the biggest portions of my job is kind of setting the direction of uh, how we're going to go into market, what products we're going to sell, how we're going to price and sell those products. Um, and really, that's based around what we see going on in the space and, and trends in the overall IT industry, how people are buying software, how they're buying enterprise systems like we provide. Uh, and so, yeah, that's really kind of my role, and I'm excited to be here today. I think this will be fun. Yeah, and one of the perspectives that, that I think you bring is not just having worked uh, with potential clients and with MLMs, but also working pretty extensively with with other vendors and then also leveraging some of the research uh, on IT outside of uh, just our specific market in, in the MLM space. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to hear some of your observations and, and, and I'm sure our, our listeners are excited to hear. So where do you want to start? What are some of the biggest shifts that you've seen in how people are doing business over the last two to three years? Yeah, I think, um, you know, kind of to answer a little bit of your first question and then come into that question, uh, for those that don't know me, I didn't come up in the MLM space. I came from outside the industry, and I, I didn't come up in the tech space either. I came from uh, outside the industry on that as well. And so uh, I have worked in other, let's call them market segments or whatever you want to call them. And then, like you say, I work with a lot of the vendors. And I feel like it does give me perspective when I look at IT that I've never had any preconceived notions of how enterprise systems needed to be sold or or what would work. And for that reason, I think sometimes InfoTrax will kind of change a, a uh, pricing philosophy or how we sell a product in ways that maybe other companies don't. But I think that is kind of the biggest change you're seeing this big shift in the industry. You know, InfoTrax comes from a world where we lived through the on-premise licensed agreements, uh, went from on-premise licensed agreements to ASP, you know, hosting a service application for people, uh, and then have now moved into the cloud space. And that's really the shift uh, the market is going to. That's where IT in general has gone over the last 10 years is to cloud-based products where people are buying a little more specific to their needs rather than trying to buy a full suite of something from one vendor that they'll go out and say, you know, I really need, in InfoTrax's case, let's call it a commission engine. I need to go out and get a commission engine and I don't necessarily have to buy a transaction engine or the e-commerce segments from InfoTrax. They offer those as well, but I don't have to get them there. I can go out and get a cloud-based commission engine, get a cloud-based e-commerce, and tie those two things together. And I think, you know, to answer that question in one word, it's integration. Is a, that's the big shift we're seeing. <clears throat> so I've been around InfoTrax and around the industry long enough to remember when the, the two options were pretty much strictly 
are you going to go partner with us? Are you going to go not even just partner, but buy uh, a complete package from a, a company, or am I going to build it in house? Uh, and now there's, and it was very black and white, very binary decision. Uh, now it's uh, very much on a spectrum, right? You you can build portions of it in house. You can partner with a bunch of different solutions and integrate them together, um, and so. The overall IT philosophy, uh, like you say, is changing, and and I think it it's changing for the better of the client, right, or for the better of the the business, right. They don't have to uh, pick who's the best at one certain thing and then take what they're average or below average at on a bunch of other things. You can take the best here and the best here and, and integrate them together. Um, how is that changing? your conversations with people, both other vendors and companies? I mean, how are people adapting to that change? Yeah, I think it's, you know, it's a big shift for some people and it's not for others. And it kind of relates to their backgrounds. Um, and that's the biggest thing that we see. We go in and we have conversations with people and sometimes we're convincing them that cloud-based options are a better option. Uh, Companies are coming in and saying, you know, what we're really looking for is on-premise, and we're telling them, no, you're really not. You know, cloud-based is so much cheaper, requires so much less in-house overhead, uh, and like you pointed out, you can get a specialty of a product. You can really go out and say, you know, I'm going to focus on getting a specialty in this area or in this segment of the market, and then tie it to another specialty product and have the best of those two products working together. Um, other times we come into people who cloud-based is kind of where they came into the industry. And so that's what they're looking for. Right. And in that situation, it's, it's interesting because they come in with a specific list of questions saying, does your product meet these both cloud-based and integration needs that I have? And if they do, then that's what I'm looking to buy. Um, it's interesting to watch the bigger companies try and adapt to that. Uh, by bigger companies, if you're talking like an ERP, we're talking an SAP or an Oracle, right? And Oracle just recently purchased NetSuite in an effort to try and conquer the more cloud-based market that they're seeing. Now, Oracle, as far as at least the owner of Oracle, was an early investor in NetSuite. So for them to purchase NetSuite, I think, was a natural path of progression. But it leaves companies like SAP out trying to do the same. You know, SAP is has... Uh, brought in their hybris e-commerce solution, right? That's an example of a great e-commerce uh, cloud solution that SAP now offers as kind of an addition to their on-premise SAP more typical solution. So you're seeing big companies try and figure out how to span this gap of what's providing more of a specialty and not necessarily providing everything because clients really see the value of the lower cost of tying a few great pieces together rather than trying to buy some giant system. So you mentioned lower cost. I am curious, what should people be expecting? Is there either a startup or, or even as they grow, does it really end up being lower cost and where are those costs kind of spread out? Yeah, and I, I think it really does end up being lower cost. And I'll give you a great example. And I'm not going to use any uh, provider names this time because I don't want to disparage anybody, but uh, going back to ERP, the there's several big players out there that will come in and put in a great ERP system for you that can do everything you can think of, right? But the price tag is going to be 
everything you could think of plus a little bit more. And so uh, in this example, let's just call it a, a, a full enterprise ERP comes into a large company and it's great for their major markets, the ones where they're bringing in the most revenue uh, and they don't mind spending millions of dollars implementing this ERP. But then they go in to open, let's say, a startup market or to bring up a, a new market for them in another country. And even a couple million dollar price tag is way too much for that implementation. And so now you get companies who, and this is largely why I think Oracle bought NetSuite, but you get companies who, for example, were putting in the large name brand ERP in their main market. Then when they went to go to a startup market, they actually chose a whole different provider for the ERP in that market because it was cheaper and allowed them to come up with a cheaper launch cost and put them in a position where that market could fail. You know, if it wasn't successful, everybody hopes it will be, but they're not always. If it wasn't successful, that market could be allowed to fail because they hadn't invested so much money that they couldn't necessarily turn around and pull out. You know, we talk about like choosing whether to go in-house or uh, initially choosing whether to go in-house or um, to go and partner with somebody. And now in today's world, it's not just that you can integrate, you can have different solutions for different markets pretty easily because you can then tie in integrations as needed. And I think, like you say, that's an Another element to all of this that people need to realize is a well-done solution uh, is one that allows you flexibility to meet market needs. And, and I've seen that a lot in working with large companies is you've got the same basic company in a bunch of different markets, but the actual business practices end up varying quite a bit, both uh, to meet the cultural needs of a market, but also to meet the maturity needs, right? If you've got a huge call center and a huge staff in the US and Canada, uh, but you're just barely getting on the ground in Latin America or in some of the European countries and stuff, uh, you're really, in a lot of ways, a different company on a different maturity phase. And some of the ways you operated when you were first starting up are the ways they're going to want to operate. And I've seen companies fail in, uh, in, in launching somebody just because of the bureaucracy that they've built in. Uh, that, that naturally comes along with that. So I think uh, that's a good point in the flexibility. And the other thing is launching markets. You're seeing people want to launch markets very quickly, uh, and you've got to have flexibility in, in that sense as well. Yeah, and I think that the the big advantage this gives these companies, because the big the big thing we're always talking about here and that we that we talk about with a lot of the clients we go in and partner with and work with is actually the percentage of spend on an IT uh, infrastructure, right? And this is across the whole company, not just percentage of spend on one provider. But uh, Gartner did a study, I mean, this was back in 2013, so I bet these numbers have even changed a little bit. But back in 2013, uh, Gartner was saying that a mid-sized company, and they peg mid-sized companies as really $100 million to a $1 billion in annual revenue, right? So a mid-sized company is going to spend, on average, 4.1% of revenue on IT, and that's all IT across the company, right? So if, if you're in a direct sales platform like we provide for, that's their e-commerce, their solution, their commission engine, the distributor dashboards that people are accessing on a daily basis, as well as all those ERP tools that cover their financials, their warehouse management systems, even their HR systems. 
all of that together, you know, companies on average are going to spend around that 4% mark. Well, if you take and say, like you were discussing, if you're in US and Canada with a very large presence, 4% of revenue could be $30 million a year, right? But you go and launch a startup company, even though startups typically have kind of a higher percentage of spend because they're just getting off the ground, let's say it's even 5% rather than 4%. Well, 5% of a startup is a couple thousand dollars a month, right? It's a much different scale. And sometimes it's hard for executives of large companies to think that way about the new market they're trying to bring up, right? They, they immediately go, well, we're using you know, large provider A here in the US, why don't we just also put that into that small market, right? And large provider A is $2 million to launch, even in a startup market. That's not gonna work for that size of client. Yeah, and it, it, it's a different mindset, right? And you know, like we've talked about, there are different cultural needs and different government reporting. So the, the partner that you're partnering with in, in one market may not be an expert or, or have uh, that ability um, to meet the needs of a specific market. Uh, one of the other questions I've got is you're obviously working with a lot of different vendors that then uh, need to be integrated with and even some of our competitors. How do you, are you finding that people are open to this more integrated method? Is this something that the industry's uh, accepting uh and and what would you say to people who are either starting up or, or looking to change their it direction yeah so a couple points to your question there but um you know to what you said early on there we work with a lot of vendors that we have to integrate with and in some scenarios we work with uh, companies that could be seen as our competitors uh, and sometimes we work with companies that straight are competitors of ours. Um, you know, we have clients where just like we were talking about, they may have used us in one market. And when they went and launched another market, they picked a competitor of ours, but they want those markets still to share data in certain places, whether it's in the financial reporting that goes ahead of the executives or whatever it is. Right. So oftentimes we're integrating not only with vendors who we work with on a regular basis, but sometimes we're integrating with people that we would see as a competitor. And I would say that the, the biggest things people want in all of those situations is they just want a solution that works without a lot of overhead. And that's really the advantage of this more integrated cloud-based approach is that if you're going to put in an on-premise system, it's not just hardware you're bringing in-house, it's expertise, it's hiring more people, right, that have to really help to support that whole thing front to back. Going with a cloud-based solution, you're not only then avoiding that hardware, and personnel overhead, right? Uh, it adds this great flexibility where you can ramp up and ramp down without having to decide, am I laying people off? Am I gonna stop leasing this equipment? You know, am I gonna stop doing those things? So from that perspective, it really is all about flexibility and it gives our clients great flexibility in their spending. But to your point, it's also about something that works. And that's really the biggest thing I think people are looking to gain out of this. Um, kind of back to what we talked about at the beginning, whereas before you tried to buy your whole solution from one provider, hoping that one person could come in and maybe not be an expert at everything, but provide you enough of everything to cover your needs. And then a lot of their cost goes into customizing because they're not experts in certain areas. Then you're trying to take that system 
and bend it to your will or make it work better for you through customization and you get a lot of additional expense through that. Now I see companies putting, instead of customization expense, what I would call integration expense. That if somebody's not an expert at something, let's let them not do that and let that go and bring in somebody who is an expert and put in a good integration where they're gonna share data in the right places. And this is kind of our, our little soapbox that we stand on is that somebody should be the master of the data that they're in charge of, but then they should share that data to the appropriate places for the right reporting, the right business processes to take place, and the overall, hopefully, a smoother run of the entire company. Yeah, and, that, and I think those are the things that people need to take into consideration when they're looking for partners, right? Is who's, what's their mindset when it comes to integration? And what's their mindset when it comes to, like you say, that data sharing? Um, and then what does it look like it is, as you're, as you're planning to evolve as you grow, right? Um, are there pieces that you can break off and, and take on your own if you open a new market and, and for whatever reason you don't use that vendor for that same role in a new market, uh, how are they going to handle that? And you have more experience than I have, but I'm finding that most vendors are either adapting to that new way of thinking or they're, they're phasing out just because that's the way you have to do it, it seems like. Yeah, and it's it's an interesting balance because understanding, you know, what you're really good at, understanding the core of what the service you provide, and then not being afraid to give up the things that you're not very good at, right? Um, but there's also this balance of if I give that up, am I a less attractive provider than somebody else who maybe is good at both things, yeah. right? And And so kind of finding that... Uh, spot where you feel good about what you do, you know your core value, and you really understand what you're going to provide to people. And I think just to pitch InfoTrax for a second, it is my job. Uh, InfoTrax is really good at understanding that we start at the core of our commission engine. Everything we do surrounds the direct selling commission plan, multi-level commissions, and how you're going to pay people and what activities and incentives they're going to get out of that payment. Um, and kind of branches out from there. And we're not afraid to give up things that are kind of outside that realm. You know, really the purchase of the actual product isn't necessarily so commissions related that we have to do it. If they want to pick an e-commerce solution that somebody's buying that product, whether it's in Magento or WooCommerce or something like that, and then they pass an order to our commission engine, we're okay with that structure, right? And that's something we've kind of had to grow into not be afraid to say, hey, if we don't do that piece of the system in certain markets or you know, in certain ways for our clients, that's okay with us. We know our core and we know where we stand and what we're good at. And to your point, the companies that can't find that balance and don't know what they're good at, you know, really kind of came in as a jack of all trades, master of none, and now they can't decide which one they want to try and master. We do see those falling by the wayside and, and not being selected as frequently. Yeah. I think we've reached a, a good place to kind of wrap up. I do want to kind of put you on the spot just because uh, a lot of our listeners are potential startups or, or people who are in the early phases of growth. Uh, and I, I do think you get a, a good breadth of kind of where the industry is going and, and what's going on and not even related necessarily to integrations or 
potentially related to integrations. What are what are some of the things that you're seeing, or some of the things you would recommend to somebody, uh, either kicking the tires or, or early in the phases of of their MLM uh, experience? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing if you're kicking the tires on a system and you're trying to decide, you know, InfoTrax for a long, long time. Uh, positioned ourselves as the insurance policy you buy against success, right? Basically saying that if your company does make it, if you're one of the ones that grows into something, you need to be on a platform that can sustain that growth, right? And uh, I wouldn't say that that's necessarily changed, but the way we look at that growth strategy, and that's what I would call it is a growth strategy, has changed. And that's what I think you need to look for in your provider is they need to be able to show you, look, this is our growth strategy. You're coming in today as a startup or even a, a small size company who's trying to get on a better platform, uh, and that's great. How is that system going to look or what's the structure of it they're gonna recommend when you're 250 million a year, 500 million a year, a billion dollars a year, right? And if they can't kind of adequately show to you, this is our growth strategy, you're gonna use us maybe for everything up front. And then as you grow, here's pieces that you may consider uh, bringing in around our system or even replacing on our system to handle your growth as you go forward. If, if your provider can't spell that out for you in a good way, then I think that's the provider to let go and go pick somebody else. Perfect. Well, we appreciate your time and, and look forward to having you on in the future. Yeah, thank you. It's been fun being here. And that concludes today's episode of the MLM.com podcast. Again, I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and we want to give a special thanks to Sean Smith for joining us and letting us in on his expertise and insights. We also want to give a thanks to Adam Holdaway and Janet Bangeter for production support. We hope you'll join us again next time.